Biden can now project that Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States. I know... I know I'm... I'm supposed to be a neutral news anchor, but God damn it, that feels good! We go now live to President-elect Biden, who is taking the stage in Wilmington, Delaware. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you very much, America. We did it! Can you believe it? I honestly kind of can't. It's been so long since something good happened. Sure, it took forever. We kept edging closer and closer. It was like having sex with Sting. But what a release, man. I've never felt so alive, which is ironic because I'm not that alive. And look, as I've said many times, I don't care whether you voted for me or not. I'm going to be a president for all Americans. That's right. Whether you're from a liberal state like California, or a conservative state like Oklahoma, or a cracked-out hot mess like Florida, <laughs> I will be your president. And I will have an incredible VP at my side, Senator Kamala Harris! What's up, guys? What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Provoking the Conversation podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Sean. And what you just heard was a little bit of a snippet from the Saturday Night Live, um, kind of celebrating and making fun of Joe Biden's and Kamala Harris' win um, of the presidential election. Now, just because I'm also not trying to spread any misinformation about the election, um, none of the votes have been certified, but you know, we've been through this before. Um, in most cases or not, when you're the projected winner or you're announced as the winner, um, it just takes some time to certify the votes. And we should expect Joe Biden to be the next president of the United States. Along with Kamala Harris, and let's not take anything away from her, um, Kamala Harris will be the next VP of the United States. Um, congratulations to her. She will be the first um, black woman um, to be the vice president of the United States. Um, there's some things going around on Twitter that she's not really a black woman. She doesn't really represent black women. I'm, you can miss me with all that noise. Just the pure image of a woman of color being in the White House. Um, and being in a position of power and um, is a big thing to me. And it's probably a big thing to a lot of little girls who, a lot of colored little girls, a lot of um, black and minority um, little girls and women as well. And to help them inspire to different things. So um, I thought that was a great moment. We'll talk about the election, my thoughts on it. Um, Trump's, again, he's not really accepting it like most people thought. And we'll, we'll get to that a little bit. 
Um, first thing I want to hit though is our, you know, our new segment, and it's our conversation starter. So our conversation started today is a little bit different for you guys. Today is November 11th. It's a Wednesday when I'm recording. I started recording on Wednesdays um, just because it works a little bit better for my schedule. Um, but today, November 11th is a special day and it is Veterans Day. Um, I just want to kind of put this myth to bed. I know I've been critical of law enforcement. I know I've been really on the side of Colin Kaepernick kneeling. I know I've been, you know, really on the um, leftist, uh, liberal side of the fence, which a lot of people associate with disrespecting the military. But I could be farther from the truth for um, a lot of people, including myself, who have um, multiple family members that have either served or been in the military. I'm even thought of going into the military myself for a short time just wasn't in the cards. Um, so I have nothing but respect for them. And so we have to recognize this day because today's the day in which we honor um, our veterans. We honor the people who gave their lives so we can do the things we do. The whole reason I can sit here and podcast from anywhere is because we wasn't taken over by another country. You know, because those veterans fight for our freedom to, you know, work for our own lives and you, you guys get the gist. But what I wanted this segment to be about was about some, you know, some facts here um, about Veterans Day that maybe some of you didn't know. An interesting fact that I looked up about Veterans Day is that actually every Veterans Day and Memorial Day, Arlington National Cemetery holds an annual memorial service. And the cemetery is home to graves to over 400,000 people, who most of whom who served in the military. I just think that's a crazy thing. Now, some other things about veterans today that you guys may, not, may have not known. There are about 18.2 million living veterans who served, who served during at least one war as of 2018. 9% of veterans are women. 7 million veterans served during the Vietnam War. Um... Of the 16 million Americans who served during World War II, about 325,000 were still alive as in 2020. So there's still a lot of people who served in World War II still walking around here. That's why if you ever get a hold of those veterans, you know, and um, they're the older veterans and they're telling you the war stories, you know, you should cherish those. Because um, you just don't know how much longer those people are going to be blessing us with their presence. Um, Two million veterans served during the Korean War as of 2019. This is this is an interesting one. Um, the top three states with the highest percentage of veterans were Virginia, Wyoming, and Alaska, which are three states I never would have guessed, but shout out to Virginia, Wyoming, and Alaska. I mean, you guys have done a lot here. So, you know, I wanted everybody to kind of know, because again, Veterans Day for some of you is just another day off. Veterans Day for some of us is just another day. But for a lot of people who are in this country, um, it's a day of reflection. 
it's a, sometimes it's a day of mourning for those who were in the military who've maybe lost a friend or um, a fellow brother or sister in battle. So, you know, um, for, so today, from the Provoking the Conversation podcast, we like to say thank you for your service. Thank you for your sacrifice. And um, I pray that we continue in this country to treat our veterans better um, once they come home and continue to, um, you know, honor them the way we do. So just, again, thank you so much for what you've done. We really appreciate you. Um, and if you, if a veteran, if you guys know a veteran, tell them thank you for me, you know. Just tell them my friend Sean, who has a podcast and likes to talk crap, um, says thank you for your service and that I really appreciate them and everything that they've done. All right, guys. So let's go ahead and talk about some other things. Before I come back to the election, I want to go ahead and hit a few other subjects um, that I thought were noteworthy um, from the week. Let's talk about, you guys know I'm a tech guy. I like tech. I like techie things. I like, you know, beep, boop, 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 all that good stuff. Um, This news came out about a week or so ago, but it looks like Apple is looking to create its own search engine to compete with Google. Um, This news was released about seven weeks ago. Let me see if I can find the article here. Oh, Apple develops alternative alternative to Google search. So this is from financialtimes.com. Apple is stepping up efforts to develop its own search technology as U.S. antitrust authorities threaten multi threaten multi billion dollar payments that Google makes to secure prime placement of its engine on the iPhone. In the in a little notice change to the latest version of the iPhone operating system iOS iOS 14. Apple has begun to show in its own search results and link directly to websites where you, when users type queries from its home screen. The web search capability marks an important advance in Apple's in-home development and could form a foundation on a fuller attack on Google, according to several people in the industry. So, I just thought that was interesting. The search engine game it is an interesting one as well. Um... Apple is trying to get its hand in every single piece of the pie. I'm serious. Like, Apple's trying to take over the world. You know what? When it comes down to it, about 20, 25 years from now, we're talking about who's going to take over the world. It's going to be Apple and Jeff Bezos. I mentioned this before. Jeff Bezos and Apple are going to duke it out for the USA. You know? How much would it cost to buy the U.S.? I don't know. Apple and Jeff Bezos are battling for it. I don't know who's the owner of Apple. That's why I just keep referring to it as Apple. I don't know. After Steve Jobs left, I kind of stopped following leadership of Apple. But anyways, that's beside the point. If you guys haven't a chance, haven't had a chance, you need to watch The Social Dilemma. I know I keep bringing this film up, but it shows you just how important social media, search engines, and and things that are tech-related that involve um, basically facing user-to-user so much and how important those things are in the future. You could see it. You could see the transition 
Um, today, we're companies are really stepping up social media games, really trying to get themselves at using technology. It is the future. So, you know, Apple creating its own search engine and trying to get in that game doesn't surprise me. Um, so, you know, I, I thought that was interesting. I think it's something to keep an eye on. There's also another piece of legislation that is going through or about to go through, or it's on the docket. I'm not sure exactly which one it is. Um, that involves Apple. And that is called, let me see here. Oh, the Electronics Right to Repair. So the right to repair electronics refers to a government legislation that is intended to allow consumers the ability to repair and modify their own consumer electronic devices, where otherwise the manufacturer of such devices require the consumer to use only their offered services. So this is kind of big. So you guys think about it when you, you know, when your iPhone is messing up or your Android device is messing up and you take it to a repair shop and they look at you like you're crazy, like this is an iPhone. I don't know how to fix this, nor can I get the parts to fix this. You got to take it to Apple. This could happen with your MacBook. This could happen with your iPhone, more commonly the iPhone. So the electronics right to repair is a piece of legislative that is coming down the pipe that will allow other repair shops or other consumers to go ahead and buy the manufacturing parts of these type of devices to give the to give the owners or the consumers a chance to go and fix the device themselves for a reasonable cost. Because I guarantee if you try to buy um, a piece of Apple's, you know, you know, screens or a, a certain part, you won't be able to get it. It's strictly at Apple. There's no way for you to get it, even if it's something as simple as a screen. You know, so things like that will, by the way, I've read this and what's coming about, that these type of things will be a little bit more accessible for the consumer. So this is a great thing, you know. Instead of me having to get a new phone after having the phone for four years and I just want to keep my same phone because I really like it, um, I don't have to. You know, I can go ahead and take it to a repair shop or maybe try to fix it myself if I got... Um, the skills to do that. So I, I just thought that was really important to bring up because that does involve Apple. Because we all know Apple was caught purposely downgrading their phones or their IRS system, iOS, excuse me, system, um, when the new phone came out to try to force you to buy a new phone. And another way that Apple was making money off of us, and excuse me, I'm talking bad about Apple as I record this podcast on GarageBand on a MacBook while holding my iPhone, but, you know, I'm just trying to speak the truth here. Don't judge me. <laughs> um, you know, another thing Apple did was, again, when you need your iPhone fixed or you just needed a part for it, you couldn't get it from a normal repair shop. While a repair shop would charge you maybe 120 bucks, you were forced to go get a whole new iPhone for 1000 bucks, and Apple knew that was the game. You know, um, it, it's just another form of hustle. You know, Apple was definitely just hustling us, but um, it looks like with this legislative that will eventually be passed, and I, I don't see any reason why it won't be, um, we're going to go ahead and have an opportunity for consumers to, you know, fix our phones without having to come out of our pocket, you know, completely. All right, so um, another piece of news that I think is worth mentioning as well. I want to take a moment and say congratulations to Whitney Houston and the Notorious B.I.G., um, they were officially inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which 
makes sense. Somebody, I got this from the Shade Room, but (laughs) somebody said, like, they're just now inducting Biggie, which is, you know, Whitney Houston, uh, Biggie, they deserve to be in there. This this is not um, groundbreaking. This should have been happened. They were late to the game. And that, that brings up another point. Why are they so late with all these Hall of Fame inductions, with inducting people more than like, you know what, let me just say it, inducting people of color who deserve to be in there. I mean, I just feel like if they feel a certain way about you and you're a person of color, that you're just going to be in there last. And it doesn't make sense. I mean, the, the other, the only other situation I could think about when this happened, immediately off the top of my head, was the fo- Pro Football Hall of Fame with Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens was a magnificent football player, probably one of the top five receivers that ever played. He was big, he was strong, he beat everybody. For those of you who don't know football, big and strong is good for football, and he can catch everything that came near him. But because Terrell Owens, I think because he was a person, one, a black man, with most black men playing in the NFL, but one, a black man and a guy who didn't really play, by, who played by his own rules and didn't do it the normal way, um, they looked down on him. But at the end of the day, the Hall of Fame is supposed to be about talent. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Hip Hop Hall of Fame, you know, whatever Hall of Fame you're talking about, it's supposed to be about talent. It's supposed to be about their achievements and their contribution to either the game or the industry. It's not supposed to be about their character or their attitude, but for some reason, in all of these award shows and all of these, you know, Hall of Fame inductions, that seems like that's a number one or two things that these um, people who vote on this um, look at, which doesn't make sense to me. If you're going to put somebody in because they're good at what they did or they were one of the best, then do it. If you're not going to put them in because of their character, then that's a bunch of BS, and we know it. So I thought this was way overdue. I wanted to give them both their flowers. You know, just transcenders, just people who change the times. Now, that was a celebration, but um, unfortunately, you know, I'm going to kind of turn it down a little bit. And um, unfortunately, I have some, you know, some sad news to announce. Um, I think all of you have known. I also shared this on my social media pages. Um, We had to say goodbye to a legend, Alice Trebek. He passed away at the age of 80 after battling pancreatic cancer. Um, yeah, this year has been rough, man. We, we've lost a couple leg- we call- lost a couple of great people just just losing them. If it's from COVID or cancer, you know, Chris, Chris Bozeman from cancer, now Alice Trebek. Um, another piece of sad news, those most of you probably won't know who this is, but he still deserves to be honored, you know. Rapper King um, King Vaughn was killed. Um, his killer has been arrested and charged with murder, so that is the good news. But um, King Vaughn, the rapper, was um, he was a father. He did have kids. He did have a significant other, and that's the big thing here. When we lose people and all the people that we've lost this year due to COVID and just normal natural cause natural causes, um, at the end of the day, you know it's not easy. Um, and, and they're leaving people behind. And that's the other thing we don't think about. This was one of my bigger issues with Donald Trump and how he handled the coronavirus is that we lost people and it almost came off like he didn't care. And, and when he showed he didn't care, he's not putting into per, 
to his view or understanding that when a, one person leaves, yes, they become a number, but almost hundreds of more people could be affected. You know, if someone loses a son, a daughter, you know, a dad, a mom, that whole family's affected for years. They wasn't expecting to lose that person. That's the same thing we look at with Alex Trebek. Even though he was sick, I don't think they really expected to lose. You can't really expect to lose anybody. King Vaughn, I don't know how, how old he was. Um, Let me see if I can. How old was King Vaughn? I, I think he, he was 26. King Vaughn was 26, and he's gone. Gone. Just gone. A 26-year-old. Two years younger than me. He's gone. Because of some shooting, some BS. It, and it's just crazy, you know? It's just wild. I know Chris Bozeman was young, too. He was only in his 30s. You know, you hate to say people die. You hate to see people, such great people, die young who have careers, who have potential. And, and the other thing about like these African American men leaving us, these men were, you know, they were they were on their way becoming wealthy. They were, you know, famous. Forget being famous, they were wealthy. And when, uh, and something that some of you may not know, and I talk to people about this with um, some football players that try to get more money. When an African-American man starts to get wealthy or get money or, you know, starts to build that wealth, he's not only building wealth for himself. I know that's what all of you see when you look at that man. You just see a man building himself to be wealthy. But that's not it. He is building up wealth for his whole family and generations to come. A constant subject in black households is generational wealth because that is the only way that the, the wealth gap is going to close is that over time that majority of African-American families or, you know, people choose to start building wealth now and continue to hand it down to their children, to their children's children, and they build these good habits and wealth habits that a lot of, I'll be honest with you, a lot of non minority families already have and had for years and yes part of that is due to slavery and discrimination that has happened it did set um black people and minorities back years and years and that is why you know it's sad to see so many of them um kind of go early so many black men or black wealthy people go early um, because they don't really have a chance to build it to as high as they can and pass it down to others. Now, some of you may think, well, that's not their job to hand it down. Everybody has to make their own way. Well, listen to me here, people. Everyone does have to make their own way. But guess what? African, a lot of people in America do not start with an even slate like you. And if you're too hard-headed to believe that, um, unfortunately, we don't got nothing to talk about. So well, I'll just leave that there. I'm not really for small talk. And if you can't understand the simple concept that by a generation of people being held back, um, that the generation that comes after them will also be behind. If you can't understand that simple concept, you need to go back to school. Matter of fact, school can't even help you. Just don't talk to me because you just don't have the brain capacity to have a meaningful conversation because it just makes sense. I'm not blaming that on everything or everything that happens to every black person, but that is a major role.
All right, guys, before we go ahead and hit my last point here with the election, I want to say some congratulations to a group of people. Um, over this last election, there, during, during the election, a number of LGBTQ plus lawmakers won their respective races as part of a historic rainbow wave, as said by Out Magazine. Um, I do want to say congratulations to these trailblazers, um, because no matter what your opinion is on the LGBTQ community, um, the world is changing right in front of our eyes, and we either got to roll with it or it's going to leave us. So I want to say their names. You got Sarah McBride. Um, she's the first out transgender state senator. We got Richie Torres, who is the first gay alpha, uh, um, excuse me, Afro-Latino uh, congressman. We got Mondari Jones, first out gay black man elected to Congress. Marie Turner, first non-binary state legislator. And Michelle Rayner, Florida's first out queer black woman to be a state legislator. So congratulations to you all. The world is changing before our eyes, you know. Um, that community um, is, it's in our, it's in our society now. I, I think a lot of people still struggle with understanding the community, but you know what? They're people. That's what I say. They're people. They're people just like you and me. They just have different views on different things. And I think as long as these people can help continue to push America forward, um, then I think they're good for it. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, your sexual orientation or what you like I, has very little to do with your job in a lot of cases, especially being a politician. And in some cases, your sexual orientation may help you being a politician because you can see things from a different angle. Um, it's been too long and th since we've had, a, we've had senates and houses and politician rooms full of the same demographic. Older white men. And that's nothing against older white men because I'm sure a lot of them work hard. A lot of them love their country. But you got to understand, and I've said this before on this podcast, in order for our country to become more diversitized and to understand the views of each other, we must diversitize our leadership. And that's kind of what's happening here. We need to make sure that our leadership is diversitized. Um, because that's the only way that we're going to be able to try to make laws and legislators and everything like that to try to affect and positively affect as many people in different demographics um, as possible. It's just really that simple, guys. I don't think it's that hard to figure out. A lot of people would be against it, but you know what? They're closed-minded, and you know what? They're probably on their way out anyway. Um, we we got to teach a little bit more of acceptance. All right, everybody. So let's get to our last topic here, which is, of course, the final showdown happened. The election. And um, right now, as in right now, um, Joe Biden has been declared the winner. 
So Joseph R. Biden Jr. was elected the 46th president of the United States on Saturday. Um, Mr. Biden defeated President Trump after winning Pennsylvania, which pushed his total of the Electoral College votes above the seven, the 270 mark he needed to clinch presidency. Right now, looking at the map, um, you know, he was looking at, I think Biden right now is at 279 to 217. Biden also won the popular vote as well. So not only did he win the electoral vote, he won the popular vote. I don't have that exact number right here, but that's um, what happened. Here's some of the big things that happened on the election that, you know, major news entities were really, really, really looking at. First of all, Pennsylvania, where I live, um, was a Republican state last time. Um, Pennsylvania flipped. So that was a big thing. For those of you who don't understand the Electoral College or don't know how it really works, I'm going to give you the quick notes version. Basically, every state has a number of electoral votes, and the person who gets the most electoral votes actually wins the election. It's not by how many American people actually vote for that person. It's by whoever wins the right states who gives you the most electoral votes. I can go deeper into that. I've actually been reading a book on politics that teaches you about the election and stuff like that, but I'm not going to bore you with that stuff. Um, I just want to talk about um, a little bit about what this meet, what this win and what it would look like and what the future looks like with Joe Biden as president and what this also is going to mean for the next three months because this isn't over. Um, first thing I want to notice is that Joe Biden obviously shows us something that a lot of people did not believe, that character matters. Character matters on the ballot. When Donald Trump was elected, a lot of people did not believe character mattered. But with Biden just actually winning by a landslide, you know, 279 electoral votes, and actually I have the number now, he had 77, he had 77, I believe this is a million of the popular vote, which is 50.8%, 50, 50 and Trump had 47.4%. And Trump is the only president ever to lose the popular vote twice, meaning more people in America voted for him, but the first time when he beat Hillary, he won the electoral vote, which won him the election. Um, so that's kind of a big thing here. Um, and again, this is kind of a big win for Biden. So Biden won handily, um, at least looking at it. But going back to what this means, first of all, this tells us a lot about how America felt about Donald Trump's character. Now, how I felt about Donald Trump's character since the election's over, um, it was crap. You know, I didn't, you know, I didn't think he had the correct character traits to be our president. I mean, some of his policies I didn't agree with. He didn't have the right character traits. And I don't think he was taking the country in the right direction. I do, let me be honest here, he did support the military, which I was like, good, great gravy. I think that's a good thing. But Donald Trump, he was not, to put it very nicely, he was not fucking it. He fucking was not it. I don't know what some people fucking saw in Donald Trump as president through all the shit he said about women, what he said about minorities, what he would just continuously lie, 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 and lie. And he did it to our faces. Now, 
I know there's another side to this. People are like, well, Biden did the crime bill and Biden said some racist things and yada, yada, yada. You know what? I still take Biden over Trump. That should tell you something. I know Biden said some racist stuff back in the past. I know Biden signed that crime bill that sent hundreds and thousands of black men to jail. I know Kamala Harris used to be the senator of California and sent black men to jail. I know on that, and I still voted for Biden. Some people would say it because I'm stupid. No, nah, I just really, really, really don't like Trump, and I don't think he was the right guy in charge. That's how much of a discouragement I had with Trump in charge. Now, some people say, well, some of the things he brought for businesses I really like. That's great. That's gravy. Like I said before, and I've said before in this podcast, I am probably more on the left side, but I am I'm conscious enough to know that Donald Trump did do some good for some people, but it just wasn't the direction that I wanted the country to go. Now, I could change my mind. Four years later, we could be sitting here and I could say, get Joe Biden out of there. I could be saying the same thing. My mind can flip. And you know what? It's allowed to. I am not married to any one of these political parties. Let me make myself very clear for anybody who listens to this podcast. I don't give a damn you're Democrat. I don't give a damn you're Republican. Really, the only party I care about is the Black Party, the African-American Party. I mean, I care about people in general, but really, I'm on the Black Party side. You know, who's going to do most for, you know, African-American people? Because honestly, that's a big thing. I mean, again, I care about the general public, about other people, other minorities, you know, the public as a whole. But obviously, that has been something on the ticket that's never been addressed. So, again, do I think Biden will do everything that he said for black people? Time will tell. I can't say if he will or won't, but time will tell. And hopefully, us as the American people, and with the stunning amount of percentage of black voters that Biden got because of everything he said, he better hold up his end of the bargain. He better hold up his end of the bargain. And Kamala Harris, I'm going to tell you something. You better make sure he does because you are the next one up. You, we, we all know what vice president means. It means you're going to run for president as soon as you get the chance. So if you want to be the first African-American woman possibly of the United States of America, Kamala Harris, you better hold that man, Joe Biden, accountable to every promise he made. And if he doesn't, and if he doesn't make them... We're going to kick you out, too. You know, there's an old saying, you know, um, someone someone older said this to me one time. They said, if you let the person do your family wrong, you're just as bad as that person. Um, and, and you know what, Kamala Harris, you're in that boat for me. So I think I'm I don't want to say I'm happy Biden won because I could I wasn't crazy about him in the first place, but. Um, happy my happy the candidate I didn't want to I didn't want to win didn't win, um, so that's enough for me for right now and we'll see what time tells, and some of you may be like well Biden said this and Biden said that you know what all these politicians are crooked in some way, it, it it's the crazy thing that you have to be crooked in some way to be a good politician because you had to do something bad and they're gonna dig it up and I'm sure they tell everybody that presidency. Um, before they run for president, I'm sure their team tells them, like, look, everything bad you did in the past, it's going to come out now. They're going to dig and dig and dig and dig and dig and bring everything out of the woodworks. Are you sure you want to run for president? So, you know, that's that's kind of my take. Um, the future hopefully looks a little bit more progressive, though. 
Um, Joe Biden isn't to me a screaming progressive person, but he's at least a person that is willing to listen and try to work with both ends. And I think that's important for the time we're in now. You know, Donald Trump would get up there and blame Democrats, Democrats, Democrats about everything. And, and you know what? A couple of times it might have been the Democrats forward. Who knows? I, I haven't been that much into it. But you can't just blame one party and just say, well, Democrats help me back. Nothing's happening. You got to be the president. You got to be able to try and meet people in the middle to try to get something done for the people. You know, that was the whole thing with the second round of coronavirus relief. Donald Trump continued to blame, say, hey, the Democrats aren't approving it. Well, why don't you work with them a little bit to get to a place where it's at least something for the American people? Instead, you decided to put it on hold, wait till after the election, which you thought you were going to win, but right now it looks like you're not going to win. Um, actually, you say you lost officially unless something crazy and bold happens, which I don't see happening, so you're out of here. Um so yeah, that's on you. You know, you're the leader of the free world. You got to hold some responsibility here. And hopefully Joe Biden has learned um, from Donald Trump's mistakes. Or we'll be sitting here four years later, like, get Biden out of there. And we'll be right back where we started. Um, that is why a lot of, um, I would like to call them woke black people, or like, don't depend on these politicians. Because this is me reading this book, which is... Um, the book is called What You Don't Know About Politics. And I'm kind of starting to understand the history of politics is that we've been here before. We've been had a person we did not like at presidency and didn't vote for the other person and they didn't do nothing either. It's kind of like a cycle. It's a very deadly cycle, but it is what it is. It is, it is a cycle. And that's the scary part here, guys, that I don't know if Biden's going to hold up his end of the deal. I pray he does. I hope he does. But, but the advancement of human race in America shouldn't depend on one guy in charge. It really takes all of us to do it. But the unfortunate thing, and um, the unfortunate thing is, at this point, you know, the division between Trump supporters and Democrats and Republicans has really caused a rift in this country. That you know, Joe Biden's going to be the he's going to have to fix that first. We're going to have to learn how to come together as a country, first of all, get past corona um, and try to open up everything and try to get a vaccine going and things like that. Um, the, the other part of this that is, that is going to be hard is that um, Joe Biden is going to be one of the most looked at presidents by the black community because of everything he's promised. So if he doesn't deliver to the black community, I can see African-Americans really moving away from any supporting any type of political party. I could see it, especially with this next generation of African-Americans coming up. People like my age, people in their 30s who are becoming more and more aware that politicians have not been on our side. And I'm, I'm speaking directly to African-Americans here, but I know there's other communities and people and groups of people like LG, like the LGBT TQ community and women that have also politicians have put you to the wayside. But I'm speaking kind of directly to the community that I can speak to, which is the black community. Um, I know that's a thing. So I guess we'll see, guys. I'm not going to hold my breath. Um, other news about the election. Trump has released multiple lawsuits um, about the election, trying to say that it was rigged, there was fraud. Um, and what I say to that, I don't know if it's true or not. I say, 
Show me the evidence, Donnie. All right, Donnie boy, you talk a big game. Evidence. Give me something. You just talk. I am so tired of this man talking out the side of his neck. Give me something, Donnie. And that's, I'm calling him Donnie because that's what the, the, that's what the, the Trumpers call him. They call him Donnie. Well, Donnie, give me something. Give me some proof. Let, let your lawsuits have some ballot to them because until then, I'm saying adios, amigo, and get the hell out the White House because I'm tired of you. And hopefully I'm not feeling the same way about Biden in four years that I'm tired of him too, but I'm really over these politicians making promises that they can't keep. You know, I'm just kind of over it. And I think this is a little bit of me boiling over the, the just kind of the frustration with the whole leading up to the election thing. And it's still not over, you know, because Donald Trump is going to take this to the bitter end. You know, this Corona thing, yes, there was a vaccine approved, but we don't know when that's going to be widespread. We don't know when that's actually going to be make people healthy. And we don't know side effects. So we don't know. And then on top of that, we all have to deal with things in our personal lives. And right now, it probably feels heavy. The world probably feels heavy. It might feel a little bit lighter for some with Biden being elected. But for black people who are still getting killed by officers, for black people who still don't know if an elected official is going to fold up on their promise for black people who still got to walk around in America in fear, who, you know, we still have people out here saying all lives matter in our faces. We still have people that are saying blue lives matter in our faces. It's still fucking heavy over here. Excuse my language, but um, I think you guys need to hear what I'm saying. It's still heavy over here. It's not all well and good because Biden's elected. We still got a lot of work to do. We still got a lot of things to change. So ladies and gentlemen, Buckle up your chin strap, buckle your boots, put your leggings on, whatever you got to do. There's still a change need to be done. It's not over. Need more. We still need more. And that's what, and that's what this is really about. This is really what I wanted to talk about with the election is that Biden being elected, great. We need more. We demand more of him. Every president from this point moving forward because of the America that has been created due to Donald Trump being president should demand more. We demand more out of our leaders, demand more out of our politics, uh, excuse me, our politicians. We need to demand more. You know what? We should be, you, we should be acting like, <laughs> and this is the last thing I'm going to say. We should be acting like that girl who's with her boyfriend, who she's been, she's been steadily improving herself. She's been working out. She's been eating right. She got a great job. And all her boyfriend does is sit on the couch. He doesn't help. He doesn't help clean. He doesn't help cook. I've met these women before because they told us about these horror stories of relationships. Or it could be the other end. It could be the man who's been working on himself. He does great. And his woman doesn't do crap but bother him. You know what those people do when they're frustrated? They sound like me. They get up and they say, look, I've had enough. And as the America today, as all of you claim to be so progressive and care about people and care about people's feelings, every single one of us should demand more out of Joe Biden, out of our leaders, and out of everyone who's in charge of this country. So we go see. We go see. We go see.
All right, guys, once again, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Check out our Instagram page. Love you guys. Um, Again, I know things are a little bit heavy right now, but I want to tell you guys, like I always say, if no one has told you today, guys, I love you. Take care of yourself. And like I always say, guys, keep talking.